The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. As you'd be well aware at this stage, uh, legislation is being uh, introduced in Ireland that would place warning labels on health warning labels on alcoholic uh, products, much to the uh, chagrin of uh, some of our southern European. Uh, colleagues, uh, there have been suggestions though that we should go further and we should place similar health warnings on junk food. Gay Godkin is a nutritionist and she is with me now. Gay, do you think we should put health warnings on some junk food? I do, Kieran. Absolutely. Look at the evidence is there, the burden of disease at the moment in this country. So 70% of people who attend their hospital or their GP are there due to a diet or lifestyle related condition. And, you know, if you think eat less, move more um, is going to work, you're fooling yourself. We now understand that there's a whole other plethora of um, food-like substances which are destroying our metabolic function. You know, we have an epidemic, as you know, of type 2 diabetes. We have an epidemic of cardiovascular disease weight issues, um, and the list goes on. So these food-like substances um, that are in these uh, ultra-processed foods, you know, they're quite uh, hedonistic. You know that song, Do That To Me One More Time? (laughs) When you take any of these drinks or these uh, plastic foods, uh, your appetite and your satiety cues are completely hijacked. And by that, I mean you you don't feel satisfied once you eat these kind of foods, as opposed to eating, you know, foods that are grown in the ground um, or naturally produced foods. So it, the, the food industry are getting away with murder, but that won't continue in because we will look back, mm. as I've said many times before in the years to come, at this generation of people and say, my goodness, look at what those individuals ate while they were on the planet. So and what 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 should the health warnings look like in your view? I well, mean, let's imagine a kind of, a, I, I go up to the, the news agent or the petrol station up to the till and there's chocolate bars and sweets and packets of crisps. Uh, all there in the way we imagine them. What, what, what would be on those packets in your mind? Yeah, I don't think they should be um, alarmist um, health warnings. I think let's start with the basics. Transparency. So, you know, people, I, I work with people on a daily basis trying to help them to self-regulate, trying to inform them of food choices to make, etc. They're tormented. They're absolutely confused. So let's talk about transparency. Mm-hmm. What should be on the label is what is actually in them. So currently we have about 80, I think it's about 88 different words for sugar-like substances. So it should say total sugar content of this product is X. And again, does, it say, does it not say that, Gay? No, it doesn't, because if you, you'd, you'd have to be a nutritional scientist and have a calculator in a shop. It'll say things like maltodextrin, sucralose, uh, HFCS, uh, and, and all sorts of derivatives. No, they should be all added but is together. But there not, not, was there not labels placed in them a few years ago that said, like, you know, 
um, calories, sugar, fiber, protein, you know, a certain, and, and has a kind of a, a gram amount and then a percentage amount? Um, it's a, well, well, what they will say is per 100 grams and you're buying a bar that's 40 grams or something like that. It'll say dyed lyceri. You know, it, it, it isn't specific enough for Joe and Mary public to make an informed choice. And that's not fair. That's not fair. People genuinely don't know what's in these products. Orla Walsh is with us as well, the registered dietitian. Uh, Orla, do you agree with Gay? Should we have more information on labels, on food labels? Um, I, I suppose what we need to do is take a step back and get people eating foods that don't come in packages, that have labels. But I, I, I think I get what Gay's saying, like on the nutritional information, they do have off with sugars. So they clearly tell us the total sugar of the product. What they don't tell us is how much of that is naturally occurring sugar and how much is free sugar. And that's where it gets complicated with the likes of sugar. But we're not just eating nutrients, we're eating the whole food. You see, with the legislation with alcohol, we not only have correlation studies, we have cause and effect. You can get alcohol and make someone drink it and see what happens. But when it comes to ultra-processed foods, we don't have a definition for it. And we don't also, we, we can't say this food causes X, Y, and Z. We can't do that. So it's really hard to actually even guess how they might go about putting um, a, a legis- uh, anything on the label to deter people from taking it. So I, I don't think it would actually work in practice because what would fall under that legislation and what wouldn't? And then what could they scientifically stand behind? Not very much because you would have to assess each individual food. You can assess alcohol because it's one thing. You can't assess ultra-processed food because it's a it's a scale of how processed something is. Mm-hmm. Really, you kind of have to just go back to education and try and get people to eat more whole foods and less ultra-processed foods. No one's under the illusion that a chocolate bar is good for them. So again, I don't know why we would have to put that on a wrapper. You'd be hard pushed to find anyone that would eat a bag of crisps and think it was nutritionally equivalent to an apple. Gay, so there's a couple of issues there. One is uh, it, it's not as straightforward as as tobacco or alcohol uh, warnings, and I I, I suspect Orla's right. Like nobody thinks a packet of Monster Munch are healthy. No, and I totally I totally get that. However, there's a big difference between between buying a packet of crisps that says potatoes, oil, and salt. Okay, we can all agree they're not the best choice. But don't tell me, Kieran, that you or I or somebody else is never going to have a packet of crisps. So you take that packet of crisps and then you take an ultra-processed packet of crisps. For ex- I'm not, not going to name brands here, but they could have 15, 16 different types of chemically derived salts, flavour enhancers and all sorts of chemicals that have a direct impact on human health. And we can't, I disagree with Orla in, in, in what she's saying in the sense that there's no evidence. Yes, there's massive evidence of what these ultra-processed foods are doing to us. Um, I, I agree with her in the sense that we need to go back to basics and educate people. That doesn't happen because the food industry have the money. Mm. There are only 10 food industries in their world. They're massive conglomerates. Some of these food industries have more GDP than countries in Africa. They produce 80% of what we eat. 
and people do eat processed food. So we have to deal with the facts. Yes, it's great if you have somebody chopping vegetables and cooking in the kitchen and doing all that. That's not the reality. Yeah. That's not what the stats show. Well, what, Gay, can I ask, what sorry, what's, what's ultra-processed? Do you so know, because this is the is, problem we'd have as well. I mean, you, you, you differentiate between the kind of the, the regular bag of crisps and maybe the ultra-processed bag. Somebody else might say, well, I, I, I consider both bags ultra-processed. Somebody say, else might say, I, I consider neither. Again, you know, it's not as straightforward as this okay, has alcohol or this doesn't. No, I think that's a really good point because, and that's where, where it gets, there's, there's grey area here. And that's where, you know, if the government and if people really thought, how do we fix this health system? We fix, well, we fix the illness system by putting in a health system, by putting in a preventative health system, by getting people to sit down and do a huge workup on this. Most foods that you eat are processed, but they're not bad for you. So milk is processed because it's pasteurized and homogenized. Cheese is processed. There's nothing wrong with eating uh, a can of baked beans. There's nothing wrong with eating a can of um, salmon. But again, so how do you... We've always had to preserve... Because the context as well. I mean, if I'm sitting down watching telly and I eat a packet of wine gums, I mean, that's not going to be good for me. But I know lots of people who go out running or cycling and they carry a packet of wine gums with them because it's kind of fuel for the fire. They need some energy while they're doing it. So again, yeah. the context changes, but you can't have different labels depending on the context. I just, I'm trying Absolutely. to kind of work through some of the, the problems I would see with a health warning. No, I mean, absolutely. Well, I would start with breakfast cereals for kids. So you view children and typically children getting up in the morning and eating these sugar-filled processed cereals. Then they're going to school and they're having things like froobs and plastic cheese and, you know, these ultra-processed crackers. And, and then they come home from school and they're having pot noodles and then they're having pasta in the evening. That child is malnourished. And and then you go to the other end of the scale. You know, we're always talking about children. Don't forget, we have an ageing population in Ireland. And I deal with a lot of people, 65 plus, not that 65 is old, I'm not suggesting that. But those people need more nourishment. And, you know, they're they're kind of buying packets of soups or, you know, packets of stuff because it's easy or pot noodles or whatever the case may be. Kieran, we're not going to sort this out on in the show this afternoon. But my point is, if anybody's really interested in the health outcomes of Irish people, we know that the people who have the highest health literacy. So if you can go into a shop, okay. make good food choices and, and buy stuff that's good for you, you'll have the best health outcomes. Okay. So again, uh, it's the people oh, oh, who are socially disadvantaged that oh, are getting the brunt of this. Orla, is that key then? Improving health literacy? It, it, well, I'll firstly correct something. I never said there wasn't evidence that the, the stuff in ultra-processed food you know, was, wasn't good for us. We know that. That's, that's very widely known. But like you said, context matters and there's, it's a varying degree of processing. So it comes back to education. But again, we need to look at how we educate because we're not direct enough. Like even someone listening to the show might have learned a few bits, but probably not enough. And really, when it comes to education on, you know, what is healthy eating, it needs to be very black and white. People need to be able to look at something and know instantly, okay, how do I balance my lunch or breakfast or dinner or whatever? 
And, you know, other countries have done a brilliant job of it. Like yeah. the Canadian uh, dietetic plate model, where half the plate is fruit or veg, a quarter is whole grain carbs, and a quarter is protein. Like, that's very easy. And they've used pictures to even show what is protein, what is carbohydrate, and what is fruit and veg to make sure that people can look at something and instantly know how to balance their plate. We don't do that here, and we need to do more of it. We need direct um, practical, pragmatic education, and um, we're just not there yet. But even that, you know, you use the phrase that what food is healthy. I mean, again, th- that's context as well, isn't it? You know, absolutely. Like, and I could eat, if I eat a hundred apples that. a day, that's not going to be good for me. But an apple on its own, yeah. I'm sure, is healthy. Yeah, no, you're exactly right, and I'm not going to use any brand names. But when it came to jellies, yes, jellies are performance enhancing on a long cycle. But they're also life-saving if you're having a hypo because you have diabetes. So context will always matter with regards to nutrition and there's far too many grey areas. And it's because of these grey areas that we simply can't and won't, we'll struggle to legislate on it. We have tried to bring in things like in other countries, like food, uh, traffic light systems or scoring of food. Mm. And to be honest, they're not great. The traffic light system is woeful, and I won't even get started on that. But the scoring (laughs) system will actually score nuts badly because it contains fat. And we know that nuts are one of the most protective foods on the planet. So really, we have to find a way that really highlights, um, you know, what is healthy eating to people. And firstly, maybe steer steer them away from eating foods in packets, because if you eat if you fill your trolley with foods that come in packets, you'll be forever reading labels and you'll never make it out of the, the, the yeah. shopping centre. So it's ridiculous and it's not very practical. Orla Walsh, registered dietitian and gay Godkin nutritionist. Listen, thank you both very much for joining me uh, on the show. What's wrong with pasta? I wonder if uh, somebody else it got mentioned in a negative light a, a moment ago. Uh, these food zealots uh, drove the state to bring in the sugar tax, which resulted in us consuming and I suspected carcinogen in aspartame. Instead, the unintended consequence of these daft ideas mean we should be very wary of them. Ah, Jesus, somebody else. I don't eat crisps every day, but when I want a bag of crisps, I'll pick whatever bag I want to eat. Same as McDonald's. I might eat it three times a year, but when I go, I eat what I want. We're not bloody stupid. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.